Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I'm the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, still kicking in its 28th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA, from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hempresent is Kat Jeter, who has been the owner and operator of Deep Green Full Plant Cannabis Extracts for some time. I'm approaching my 200th show here on Cannabis Radio. In the years that I've been doing this show, I've had the pleasure of interviewing a diverse pool of activists, authors, artists, and attorneys. I've spoken to both doctors and patients who have experience using cannabis as medicine. I've also had the opportunity to speak with numerous parents of children who rely on medical cannabis to treat the symptoms of Dravet syndrome, also known as severe myoclonic epilepsy of infancy, as well as other forms of epilepsy. I've interviewed a parent of a child suffering from epilepsy in the countries of England, Ireland, South Africa, 
Australia, New Zealand, and here in the United States. The only thing that was different in the stories I heard was the accents of the parents I was talking to. They've told similar stories of physicians prescribing dangerous pharmaceutical drug cocktails, treatments that have rendered some of these children listless, nonverbal, even non-ambulatory. I've heard about the struggles that parents have had with law enforcement after resorting to growing and preparing their own cannabis in a desperate move to stave off potentially life-threatening seizures their children were suffering. I've heard story after story of the remarkable improvements in the conditions of these children after their parents experimented by regularly administering small drops of cannabis oil to them. These children and others like them deserve access to the safest and most effective treatments for their conditions, even when that treatment is cannabis. My guest today has been a tireless advocate to that end. Cat Jeter, lovingly referred to as Grandma Cat Jeter in her community, was the founder of Deep Green, a full plant cannabis extract producer located in Washington State. Kat has been a long-standing voice of reason and clarity in our state's medical cannabis community. I'm proud to have her with me today. Welcome, Kat, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you so very much, Vivian. Uh, it is an absolute privilege and pleasure to be here on and present with you. And, and I share that pleasure. Let, let, let's begin with you telling us about Deep Green, which you founded. When was it established? <laughs> What does Deep Green do, um, and what kind of changes do you see down the road? Well, Deep Green was established. We have the privilege of being one of the longest continuously licensed and operating medical cannabis brands in Washington State. We licensed first in 2011 as our state began to form up um, what the requirements look like for personal possession under the medical cannabis laws, which we then stretched into a commercial model, which then laid the foundation for what became legalization in Washington, Washington State. Um, let's see, we, uh, we just started out of need. You know, um, there, was, there was nothing hotter in Washington State than medical cannabis in 2011 as people became aware of the benefits that were being allowed to them. And as we began experimenting and looking back into our history for new products, we quickly found that full plant extra cannabis oil was a lifesaver for children. My previous careers have been spent in healthcare finance, and I knew that these parents and families um, are often financially devastated by the time their children are allowed to use this type of a product, if they ever are even allowed to use it. It's a whole other story. Um, but I just became aware of the need, and I always had excess capacity in my garden. So, daggone it, I began giving. And if you're going to give, you better put it on the books. So, we put the company on the books. So Deep Green has had, from its inception, a focus on pediatrics, serving the needs of the very young. Um, where did that focus come from, and, and was that somewhat <clears throat> controversial uh, in 2011? It's extraordinarily controversial, and that was one of the reasons we started doing so, was the need was overwhelming as parents were clutching at last opportunities to save and heal their children. Uh, there was one little boy in particular located in Montana, uh, Cash Hyde. I believe his parents still run a foundation in his name. Uh, we became aware that the parents were simply having trouble getting medicine to provide for cash, and um, he became our first outreach patient, quickly followed by many others. I can't think of anything more challenging than having a child that is suffering, especially a child with seizures, 
uh, you know, and watching what the, 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 the tremendous drama and the suffering that a seizure patient goes through, what, what kind of risks or challenges do t- parents face when they're in this society, when they're seeking to explore cannabis as a treatment option for their sick child? I mean, that must just be really fraught with challenges and, and potential risks. They risk loss of everything, Vivian. I have received three three separate times. I have received calls at some point during the day, a couple of times in the middle of the night, from parents who have just found out that their anti-cannabis doctor just found out their child is being treated, and we have had to put them into what we call the Green Railroad and have had to move them in the middle of the night, literally. They grab the other kids make arrangements for the pets quickly, and they jump in a car and they leave for a friendly home um, in an adjoining state, hopefully a a legal state. Now, we're not talking about, you know, I treat kids, everything from kids on the spectrum with minor attention deficit issues to children who are literally fighting for their life from a variety of issues. I'm not talking about the children who are merely dealing with conduct issues at school. I'm talking about, in one case, a child who was in hospice, whom we were trying merely trying to ease out of this life in a comfortable and, and loving way. And his hospice doctor found out he was being treated with cannabis and turned them over to the authorities. Had to move him from New York to New Jersey. This has been several years ago and laws have evolved. But that was a middle-of-the-night move on a family that was trying to survive the death of their child. And to put parents under this type of trauma, um, it, it's criminal in and of itself. I've heard of, uh, I've heard of patients, chronic pain patients receiving what they call uh, uh, medication contracts from their doctor that they have to sign that says that they'll be cut off from everything if they try cannabis. If, does that happen with children, do you know? No, uh, not to the best of my knowledge. Of course, a child doesn't have that adult agency. Um, so I but, don't but, particularly but know that. Um, with, do they, they cut children off from the regular treatment or is that something they only do to adults? You know, I haven't found, I haven't found that with kids. Um, but, you know, the real threat is, is merely finding out that your child's on cannabis has been our historical threat. Um, you know, honestly, this has changed so dramatically. And I think actually treating children with cannabis might be changing more rapidly um, medically than treating adults with cannabis. Part of it, I think, is the extreme um, illness with which most kids who are treated with cannabis, you know, the, their overall condition, they're just much sicker than most adults who might come for more chronic conditions, routine things, or, um, you know, they engage at the beginning of a cancer battle. Kids don't generally get to engage with cancer or cannabis at the beginning of a cancer battle. And in fact, many parents are threatened by CPS. They don't even have a choice of treatment. It's what the doctor says we will do, and that is that. And you can't, in most states, refuse to poison your child with chemotherapy, if that's what the doctor says treatment is. You can't refuse radiation. You can't refuse surgery. The state will haul you into court and will force you to bend to their will. 
So pretty much what we're, you know, what we're faced with is either we secretly provide cannabis and doctors scratch their heads because they know they have nothing for the child, but the child is getting better. Or doctors will very quietly say, we really need cannabis to help with this, to help your child persevere through chemotherapy or to help your child, you know, to actually live, survive the whole thing. Um, we're finding more and more allies in, in the medical profession than we do in the regulatory authorities that govern them. For instance, Child Protective Services, Department of Health, FDA. Oh, I haven't. We could go on all day about the FDA. But, you know, doctors are in a position where they are now forced to believe the lies or disbelieve their lion eyes, right? You know, and I don't know a doctor who went into medicine to hurt people, yet the regulation has them handcuffed to where they know that's actually what they do, but it's their only option. So quietly, doctors, even in non-medical states, have said, please, run across the state border, get some cannabis for your child, your mother, whomever. And it's, it's funny how this um, mismatch of the fundamentals of medicine and the practicality of cannabis have come into conflict um, regulatorily, shall we say, but we're finding synergy and empathy between the healers, the folks who have been black market or illicit or people's market healers, um, and the medical profession, because again, they want to heal. So they quietly whisper in an ear. I've got a, a child right now in Idaho whose parents, uh, whose doctor told them, get your child across the state line, go to these folks in Spokane, get your medicine there, come back. We want this little boy to live. Pat, patients often need a strong dose of cannabis, uh, a concentrated dose, and a lot of patients might be turning to oils and concentrates. Last week, I interviewed Ian Eisenberg of Uncle Ike's Cannabis Store Chain, who proactively began testing all of his cannabis products, cannabis products for heavy metals, pesticides, molds. You've been a market leader in product testing uh, from the beginning. Why did you feel it was important to have all your products tested? It's maybe a two reasons. First is my history. I am the daughter of a pharmaceutical chemist. I literally grew up in a chemical lab. Um, and with that type of background, I sure didn't want to put something in someone's mouth that I didn't know what it was. I'm mean, just indoctrinated that way. Um, it just so happened that we got testing in Washington state without having to go out of state to California for testing at about that same time that we began producing. 2010, I think, is my first test result here locally. Um, so access availability made it to where just morally I felt like I could do nothing else. And then secondarily heap on top of it the fact that as I got started in this, most of my patients were children. And I know as a mom myself and a grandmother that I want to know what I'm putting in my children's mouth. So that gave me the ability over and above um, what was standard operating procedure for most, just saying that it's a safe plant and trusting in that. Um, it gave me the ability to provide some verifiable results to parents who were maybe already nervous about heading down this road. Just a little more trust between us. 
My guest is Cat Jeter. We're going to take a quick break. Hear a word from our sponsors, advertisers. Come right back. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo returns back to downtown Miami August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency. Learn more on sponsorship and expo floor opportunities at usccexpo.com. Don't miss out on another jam-packed weekend of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a bustling expo hall, plus our can't-miss networking mega yacht event. Join us in Miami August 2nd and 3rd for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Don't miss the boat. Log on to usccexpo.com and learn more today. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Hemp Present with Cat Jeter, figuring this out. Cat, uh, America has a way of symbolically declaring something to have been changed, especially social issues, while the underlying crimes and abuses largely continue unabated. You've stated we refer to cannabis as legal, yet there's a tremendous amount of oppression still associated with medical cannabis. What did you mean by that? Oh, you're calling me on past quotes. Good one, Vivian. (laughs) I am. (laughs) You know what? This is actually one of my favorite topics right now. And and that is the pejorative or the the judgmental way in which we approach cannabis, right? We can start with the word high. I wish I could tell you the number of times that my first conversation with someone who's seeking medical help and says, oh, I don't want to get high. You know, think of all the substances that change the way we act, the way we feel. Caffeine, sugar, you know, alcohol. Yet we don't talk about that as high. That right there, I think, is the biggest jump we've got to make, uh, get over. You know, we don't talk about the way that all of these other pharmaceuticals affect us. But you're high if you're consuming cannabis, you know. So, you know, we have patients who run into everything from drug tests, because God knows you can't do any accounting, evidently, if you're high, never mind your cancer, but, you know, and you're fighting your way, you know, trying to keep your job and and keep yourself alive, you know, it also jumps in then to um, everything from product choice to product dose, which we've seen here in Washington, uneducated people 
uh, who have had to run from cannabis their entire professional adult lives, suddenly telling people who are highly enculturated what we should or should not have as products in doses. So that's the type of oppression that I'm thinking of when I say, so hey, it's really, great to be a medical stage. It's a, an ex, it's a continuation of this relentless pot shaming that we've had from reefer madness, right? I mean, people say, oh, I don't, uh, you're addicted on that cannabis while they're smoking their cigarette and drinking their coffee that they need to get going in the morning. Exactly. I mean, can we have a chat about the way every pharmaceutical input changes your body, the way it feels, the way it acts, the way it responds? Um, it, you know, yet the only conversations we seem to have about this are ones that are tied to our Judeo-Christianic norms. Um, you know, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm a proud cannabis consumer. Thank you very much. I look around the baby boomer generation and by gosh, I see a whole bunch of dedicated consumers who look and feel pretty jaggone fine as we are heading into what we are told are our elder years. Yet I see my people getting second careers saying, Hey, it's great. I'm retired. I just recently did. But I have a whole nother life planned for myself because dadgone it, cannabis is my medicine. And I'm not on a hundred different pharmaceuticals or even five or even one. I consume cannabis and it regulates my body into, what do we say, Vivian, homeostasis. And daggone, it takes care of itself. If you want to judge me for that, hey, we can converse about that all day long. <laughs> I feel like we could do the whole show just on this alone, <laughs> but let's move on. Cat, uh, when Washington State moved into the recreational store model, virtually all of the medical cannabis dispensaries were closed. They were replaced by adult retail cannabis. Was, was anything lost in that transition, in your opinion? What was the price of that shift from, from the medical dispensaries to the just 100% retail recreational market? Well, goodness, certainly our entire economic culture was gutted, was it not? And I think we lost a certain amount of our uh, social coinage as well. I mean, it may not have been our first preference to have met, you know, some guy named uh, uh, Top Cat at Northgate Mall to buy an ounce. But it, it, this is how we've done it for years. You know, there was an entire economic model that was vibrant, that was um, booming, that was providing earning living wages for some families. For some families, the spare bedroom merely provided uh, four years of college for our youngster. Um, we gave up a lot when we engaged with the social experiment that we falsely call legalization. Um, you know, and, but that is, part of it is evolution, too. It's much the same as I think you and I, when we were in Oklahoma, were talking about no one passes a joint anymore. Or it rarely happens. You have a dab, you have you know, individual consumption method. You have your own personal vape pen, right? You, you consume a medible. Um, there's an awful lot of social compact that comes from being outside the law and uh, you share a little secret and you pass a joint around the circle of similarly minded individuals. I think we've lost much of that. Were the do you feel that the patients had more of a support network through the dispensary system than they do now? I think on the surface, it looks that way. And in our outrage, 
Um, I believe that we have um, maybe overstated it quite a bit. Truth be known, and not many folks are going to shout it loud and proud, but, you know, I'm, I don't care. I'm old. I will. <laughs> the, we've gone back to where we came from, many of us. I am not the only person who has given up my commercial interest or my on-the-record interest and returned to my roots. I say back to being an outlaw. Um, I know many folks who are doing this. Uh, I know many thought leaders who are, again, questioning um, what did we give up for legalization. We certainly did not get freedom. And there are certainly challenges, but much the same as we typically managed, um, maybe not efficiently, uh, we are getting back to that, I think, in many ways. And now you have the privilege, the pleasure of choosing which direction you want to go. I go to 502 stores from time to time. It's great, you know, on my way, looking for a specialized product, on my way to some place uh, to drop in. It's convenient. It's handy. I'm happy to pay the extra price. But we, again, need to talk about freedom because it is, there's a continuum of needs within cannabis. And we all know if you're going to have retail stores, a tightly scrutinized, regulated, one-size-fits-all store is not going to fill that need. Hence, the market and humans being what they are, they will fill that need on their own. And I think that's what we're seeing happen again. An um, awful lot of folks are going peer-to-peer -peer provision again. Um, hopefully, the state home grow law will uh, help that. I don't know where we stand with that as of today. But, you know, history is an evolution, right? And history is painful. Anyone who thinks you don't believe making history needs to look closer at their book. You know, we'll get through this. And in the meantime, keep asking your friends. Go back to the old methods. If you're not served, um, check social media. Certainly our, our public outward-facing face is full of information. Then you have to establish that trust, and I guarantee you can probably get served. If you're having trouble, find me. You're listening to him present. My guest is Kat Jeter. We're going to take another pause, hear a word from our sponsors, advertisers, come back with our final questions for Kat Jeter. Time to roll out for the people that let us him present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. 
Medi marijuana llama tell you something now Bought a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds till the bud put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with Cat Jeter. Kat, you have worked with patients and children and people in the community with medical cannabis for a long time. If you could, what would be your vision for medical cannabis in the future? How would you like to see cannabis integrated into our, our current health care paradigm if you had your, your say? Oh, I love this question. It's an easy answer, and it ranges across medical and into simply cannabis freedom, and that is freedom. We do not need to be afraid of this plant. We have millennia of human experience with this plant in which we weren't afraid of it. We used it, you know, and we look back archaeologically. Our ancestors didn't keep things around that weren't useful for them, that didn't bring immense value. Yet we see that this plant started in the Indian subcontinent and it it quickly was traded throughout the world because it was such a valuable trading product for people who were travelers and traders. Cannabis is a continuum. All of life is a continuum. Cannabis is like a carrot, carrot on the left, vitamin A as a supplement in the middle of that continuum, uh, the prescription all the way on the right as a, as a prescriptive advice, right? You can eat a carrot, you can take vitamin A, you can use prescriptive Accutane for your acne. Cannabis needs to be treated like that. It can be grown in everyone's backyard. We can support a million small businesses with this. We can also have huge agricultural hemp, but it all comes from freedom. Quit being afraid of this plant. Well, I agree with that 100%. Cat Jeter, it's always great talking to you. Thank you so much for everything that you do for our community, and thank you for being on Hemp Present. My privilege. Thanks, Vivian, for all you do. You bet. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is, and I quote, I am convinced that there are genuine and valid levels of perception available with cannabis and probably with other drugs, which are through the defects of our society and our educational system unavailable to us without such drugs. And those are the words of Lester Grinspoon from the book Marijuana Reconsidered. That concludes this installment of Hamperson on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on our journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice to find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stinkerbush and Sunway, a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, my strong. I'm out. Marijuana! 
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.